happiness seekers. Something big has happened and I'm so excited that I can finally share it with all of you. I wrote a book about happiness. For years, I've wanted to be able to share some of the most valuable lessons I've learned in the quest to live my happiest life. The book is called Plan a Happy Life and will be available on August 25th. What's even better news is that it's available for pre-order on Amazon like right now. So if you like listening to Kayla and I talk about happiness every week on this podcast, then you are going to love the Plan a Happy Life book. You can find more information by searching for Plan a Happy Life on Amazon or visit our website at planahappylife.com. Welcome to Plan a Happy Life. I'm your host, Stephanie Fleming, creative entrepreneur and happiness activist. I'm on a mission to create a happy life movement. Each week, I'll be joined by my daughter, Kayla, for some honest conversations about how you can plan your happiest life yet. So what are we waiting for? Let's get happy. Hey, Kayla. Hey, Mom. Welcome back to another episode of Plan a Happy Life. Today, we are going to be talking about love languages, personality types in multiple intelligences, and how learning to identify and appreciate these in others can help you form compassion and deep, meaningful relationships. I love this topic. So do I. Um, and these are our experiences. As we've said before, we are not doctors. We are not psychologists. We are not. Or are we experts? Not in this, except for our experiences. So we're going to be talking about um, our interpretations of um, some of these topics, and then how we have used them in the past, and some of our findings and learnings. But first, Kayla, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. how are you holding up right now in your auntie slash best sister ever quarantine? Oh, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Um, I'm good. I'm on the tail end of it, so. For those who, well, I guess most of everybody listening wouldn't know, um, <laughs> my brother <laughs> is having a baby um, in the next few days. From the recording, from the recording, but when this when this episode goes live, we're well, going we to have, have a baby. baby. Yeah, when this goes live, we should have a baby. So, um, like a baby baby, like a few mm. days old baby. Um, but with quarantine and coronavirus, all that good stuff, not so good stuff, but um, I have been tasked and asked to um, quarantine fully for two weeks. Um, they have two other boys at home with them. Um, and given the current status, the boys aren't allowed at the hospital. So I will be going over there and staying with them um, while they go to the hospital um, and have the baby. So in order for me to do that, I have to be um, completely quarantined from everybody, including my mom. Mm, um, that's so nice of weeks. you. Thank you. That's well, so nice. it's got to be so hard for them to, you know, one, go through this during this time, but also have to figure out, you know, where the boys would go without it being, you know, dangerous for the baby when when the baby comes home. So the downside, I have to, you know, kind of stay away for two weeks, but I'm almost done. And then... um positively I get to see the baby so jelly I'm so jelly Um, I know I know they're trying to keep like the most like like the healthiest cleanest germ-free environment that they can both um for the boys obviously for Carter and Koa um and 
than for especially for the new baby, because, you know, you never know what you might have. And so, you know, one of the things when we talked, they asked and I was like, um, I live with two people. I can't like it's just it was too hard for me to I couldn't isolate myself. And so um, I wanted to so bad because I, I really want to get my hands on that little grandbaby. But first and foremost, I want him to be healthy. And yeah. so that's so nice of you to do. And I know you've been, you and I are kind of joined at the hip most of the time anyway. So um, we FaceTime uh, <laughs> all the lot. time. She, well, <laughs> it was funny. You called me the other day and because of, you know, not being able to see each other as often as we usually do. Um, I we've been FaceTiming every day, sometimes multiple day, multiple times, <laughs> sometimes a day. every day we have multiple times a day. Okay. And it's, 99% of the time me calling her because I am by myself here. So I she called me the other day and because of how frequently we FaceTime, I just assumed and picked it, picked answered the phone, swiped to answer and put it in front of my face because I was just so used to FaceTiming. There's no more regular and all calls of a sudden, anymore. Yeah, all of a sudden I I don't see anything pop up other than a phone call and go and she, I hear her sort of go, hello? And I'm like, Hello? <laughs> And I couldn't. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I just I assumed it was a FaceTime call. What are those? We don't know what anything are regular different. phone calls. In fact, we're FaceTiming right now. We put it on mute so that we could see each other, even we though get enough of each other. We can't. I miss you. I miss you, too. Okay. <laughs> Let's dive into the topic. Uh, all right. So, um, OK, my first experience with any of these topics that we're going to cover today was with love languages. And it totally taught me how we express love and also how we experience love. Because a lot of times I think we're looking at this is what it means to me. And learning to identify that is super important because it helps us understand um, what's important to us and how we like really can bring in and take in all the love and attention we get from other people. But I think it's even more interesting for us to look at this from how the other, how somebody else in your life, whether it's a, a spouse or a daughter um, or a friend or family member, really how they experience love. So let's um, let's talk about where it started. It started with The Five Love Languages, a book by Gary Chapman. It was written B.K. before Kayla. It was written in 1992. Wow. <laughs> Semi-prehistoric. Um <laughs> And um, and so it really has identified five ways to express and experience love. It was the books originally written for couples like in romantic relationships, but they've also released editions for children and get this also singles. singles. <laughs> I retook the quiz in preparation for this and I went on the website and I'm going, oh. I'm thinking it's just going to be a normal just like, oh, take the quiz. And mm -hmm. it's like. <laughs> it listed everything everybody was for and it was like singles and I was like Damn it. okay single I, yes. I identify as single okay <laughs> although we were just talking in quarantine now Kayla's about ready she's like you know what it might be quarantine that makes me finally pushes her over the edge and goes all right bring on the men <laughs> all right bring them on it's it's time I'm it, lonely I'm lonely I'm lonely, lonely. <laughs> Okay, so the five the five ways that people express and experience love. We'll go over them and then you and I can talk about um how ours rank. Because I okay. guess these five qualities, everybody has a little bit of them, but you kind of the test that you take or I don't even know if it's is it a test? It's been a long yeah, time since I've taken it. So and we'll put links so that you can but also it's like enjoy one, this. 
Yeah, it's like one of them. One of them. One of them quizzes. quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I need social contact with people. Um, <laughs> it's like one of the quizzes or tests that it's like this or this. Do, oh, yeah. do you identify with this question or this statement better? Okay. So it's not you. Sh- you can do it. Okay. So, so this test um, will rank them for you, so you know what is your like primary love language, um, and then okay. So they are number one words of affirmation. These are things like people saying "I love you" or you know "Thank you so Telling much." Are you there? Really pretty today. Yeah, saying how proud they are of you. Right. Just any kind of any kind of affirming message that is verbally spoken to you. Um, that's that's one love language. The second one is quality time. Just spending quality time with the person you love. Um, gifts or receiving gifts. I guess it could be both, right? Gift giving this and gift, says, gift receiving. Well, it says receiving gifts. Okay. Yeah. Gift receiving. And then the fourth is acts of service. So this would be like I saw that you were really busy today, honey, and I did the dishes and made dinner because I knew that you were planning on it, but um, I just did it because I knew it would mean a lot to you. Acts of service. And then the fifth one is physical touch. And I guess depending on whether it's a romantic relationship or whether it's with your children, you know, you can just, you can interpret that the way you will. <laughs> physical touch is hugging. T- I'm a super, like, I never was like, I think this is a side note, but like I never grew up super huggy. Our family wasn't mm-hmm. until I met your dad and his family, which yeah. is Mexican, Indian, uh, uh, Filipino. And mm-hmm. it was and this family was like they welcomed you into your home and you got a kiss on the mouth and like hugs yeah. and come into our family. And um, so and then I took that on because I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> I really yeah, like this like physical touch. So um so, all right. Okay. Number one, what I found super interesting though, um, it's, it's that I think most of us, um, give or express love in the way that we prefer to receive love. Right. Does that make sense? I, yep. So like if, when we go through this and we rank them, if for all, this is a spoiler alert, it's going to be such a spoiler <laughs> alert that <laughs> my, uh, my number one is quality time. So, the way that I would most naturally give love is by spending time with people. And, um, but that it's not always how our partners, friends, family, um, or anybody else receives love. And so a lot of times you feel like you're giving, 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 and you're trying to show love and this person isn't receiving it that way. When I found that out, it was like, oh, so we have to really take note of what our partners or children or friends or anybody on the receiving end of our love, um, how they experience love. This is not all about us. Shocker. <laughs> it's not all I about know, right? you. It's about the other people in your lives. Why don't you tell me your five? Okay. So before I n- list them, what I found interesting is that before I, cause I, I've taken it years ago And then I took it again just to kind of do a refresh and maybe they just in case they had changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And they did because before, um, which I still kind of think like if you were to ask me, but I, uh, what my order is and what's most important to me, it would differ very slightly from what the results were. Um, But I'll, I'll, I'll say what the results were and then I'll say what I think 
Okay. <laughs> Mine are. Okay. Just because I think it's it's slightly different. However, one has gone down in my in my five. I think that's where natural. It was higher before. When I read the book way back when, um, I I think that it think it can change in your life. Um, and I also think it, I'm not sure hundred percent, but I think it can change like whether it's a romantic relationship and relationship with your children. Um, I think sometimes it, there's, there's slight differences, but then as you get older and you mature or things change in your life and you grow and evolve, sometimes those things can kind of, they can jump up or down. I don't ever, I'm not sure that your last one would ever be your top, but who knows? Right. Yeah. No, my last one has stayed my last one. Me too. But, All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'll just drum okay, roll. So do I, it. Drum roll. Um, when I just took it a couple of days ago, uh, my number one is physical touch. My number two is quality time. Three is acts of service. Um, four is receiving gifts, and five words of affirmation. Oh wow! Yeah. So. Wow. Um, before when I took this, it was quality time, physical touch, receiving gifts, words of affirmation and acts of service. So they all have kind of shifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. I still think my top two for sure are definitely physical touch and quality time. Same Z's. Whether or not, (laughs) I I would say my number one, if you were to just ask me, would be quality time Mm -hmm. and then physical Mm -hmm. touch, but they're definitely my top two. Okay. That's super interesting. I really like to hug. Same. I I just so and okay. even like a touch on the on the arm for like a friend. Like if it's like you know what yes, I mean. Like it's just affirming to in you. that way. Yeah. I remember. So I had already taken this. I'll I'll just tell you. So mine are quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, and those two are like almost neck and neck. And then mm. acts of service and gifts. And gifts is almost like when I took it, it was like I think almost zero. Um. And so when I knew that physical touch was on the higher side for me when Kevin and I first started dating. I wasn't sure. I knew that like in my previous relationship, it was like when we were in public, I wanted someone who would like touch the small of my back or put his arm around me or show that his affection in that way, you know, hold my hand if we were walking down the beach and, and, you know, be comfortable with those kinds of, you know, signs of affection or, um, shows of affection. And so of course, you know, Kevin and I are in, you know, second um, part of our life, right? And so it's like, we've both been, um, I've been divorced. And so this is like, it's no holds barred. We're going, I'm thinking, okay, so I want to ask you all the questions. And so I'm like, so how do you feel about physical touch? And I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> I just Really, I want to know, like PDA, do you, yes or no? Like, and he kind of looked at me like, um, so by that, what do you mean? Like, I'm not talking the like, we're not going to make no. out on the streets, but or can you hold my hand? maybe you will, will not be, you will not be. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. But okay. So that's, it's really interesting, um, to, to see that. And I think for us, why maybe you'd find that some people kind of naturally click because yours and mine being quality time and physical touch as one and two, mm-hmm. um, as mother and daughter, that's super easy because I'm not like giving you a hug and you're like, seriously, woman, get off me. Get off. Um, you know, I want to hug you. I want to hug you. I want to hug you. Yeah. And I want to yeah. spend so much time with you. Um, yeah. So we're pretty <laughs> clicked there. However, I think this is, um, think about this though. I just had this eye-opening moment. Um, oh, I don't know, two weeks ago or something when I realized that, um, so gifts for me at the end, not that I don't appreciate a gift, but 
Um, I just, when someone gives me a gift, I think, oh, that's really nice. But it means so much more if they're like, they want to spend time with me or, you know, something like that just means it's a, I don't know. I just experience it a little deeper. Right. So I started thinking about the fact that like, so not only I don't think about giving gifts and doing things like the, and acts of service since they're at the end, I don't think about those things naturally for people. And then I started to realize people in my life um, that I would maybe guess that gifts and acts of service would be up at the top because they're constantly doing it for me. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Um, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm missing the cues. I'm totally missing the cues. This is how these people probably receive love. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's fine. I need to pick up on that cue and say, you know what? Because this is not all about me and how I receive love, I need to be able to speak that love language to these people that I love and care about. Yeah. And taking that extra time to just, and not like you're spending a whole lot of like planning. There's that doesn't, it doesn't need to be elaborate or um, extravagant, but you know, doing something small for somebody like the other day, and I kind of had that same moment is the other day, my sister-in-law, um, one as a thank you for staying home, but, um, on, on mother's day, she, uh, she's a mother, <laughs> um, on mother's day, she came, I got a text from her and she's like, are you awake? And I was like, yeah, what's going on? She's like, go check your front door. Oh. She drove over. She got me a whole dozen of Krispy Kreme donuts on mother's day and said, Olivia has the best mom ever, <laughs> my dog, you know? So, and I'm going, oh my gosh, like, that was so nice. Like they went out of their way to come drive to my house, um, give me a gift. And yes, it's, I, it's not my bottom love language. It's not the last it's, it's up there and it used to be more up there, but I kind of, it did, it made me think, oh oh my gosh, I, she might have that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the top of her list or close, you know, it's more important Mm -hmm. to her. Um, and I never really realized that. So maybe like taking the time to go, oh, you know what? I think that she might like a little something. Or if you see something out, oh, Clarissa would like something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a couple. You can see how easily people can cross paths or like how their wires crossed. You know what I mean? Like like having um, like if you just really don't think it if if we're not doing that and and giving, doing those small things for someone, like say like Clarissa. Um, yeah. And she might think we aren't, you know, we don't care. And right. because it's not our first one. So this is where you really do have to take the time. If it's an important relationship to you, take the time to notice how that person expresses love or even go a step further and ask them. Ask them if they've ever, because a lot of people have heard about these love languages, but even if you ask them, those five, just say, Hey, I'm just, you know, run them down the list. (laughs) Someone's going to be able to really quickly say, Oh my gosh, gifts or acts of service. or Oh my gosh, no, I love physical touch. I need you to be hugging me or, um, and you'll know, I mean, that's communication is such a huge part of relationships. So add that to your repertoire, add that Mm -hmm. to what you guys talk about. Um, it's a really interesting thing to almost have like a quiz for people. Kevin and I go on road trips (laughs) We've talked about this before that I love to just sit there and ask questions. He does too. We just kind of want to know each other on a deeper level. We've been together for like, you know, about 11 years now. And, um, but there's always something more you can learn. So uh, check out the five love languages and see how you can 
number one, find out about yourself because that's really an awesome thing too. And then see how you can like start to identify the other people in your life and what their love languages are so that you can make sure that, you know, all of this attention and love you're trying to give them isn't falling on like, you know, someone giving me, showering me with gifts. If Kevin showered me with gifts all the time, I'd be like, what? Wasted effort. I mean, it would be really nice, (laughs) but I'd be almost like, honestly, I'd almost be skeptical. Like what? Why? What'd you do? do? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you giving me all these gifts? That's really nice. But now I'm kind of suspicious. And so, but but if he was like, I just want to spend so much time with you because I just love you. I'd be like, oh, this is the sweetest thing. I love it so much. So and by the way, and I'm dying over here during quarantine and COVID oh. when physical touch is my number one. I just oh want to like hug everybody. I'm, oh, that's so hard. <laughs> I know. And like even when things go back to normal, it's like it's not really going to go back to normal for a really long time probably. Oh, my gosh. Just go up and like hug people. <laughs> Seriously. Think about like all of the like when we would go to the um, conferences or any of the events we would yeah. go to. And Kayla and I are like. Bring it in for the real thing. We want to hug you. How about a hug? A shaking, a fist bump or an elbow thing? Like, elbow I get bump? It, that's oh, not going to do it for me. It's going to be an hard. Uh, yeah, that's not going to do it for me. You and I will come I up with like, um, we could have like. <laughs> we should suits. do that. What are those called? The hug gloves? <laughs> yes. Whole the body hug gloves. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Bring it in. Bring it in. Okay. All right. So next, let's talk about personality types. So there's a couple different things. Um. And again, not the expert. So this is just my interpretation of some things that I've heard of. So number one, um, Myers-Briggs. Mm. Ever heard of it? I have. <laughs> so there's 16 types of um, of Myers-Briggs. What it is, it's a personality inventory um, that is, and this is from their website, that says the purpose of the Myers-Briggs type indicator um, personality inventory is to make the theory of psychological types described by Carl Jung understandable and useful in people's lives. So Carl Jung was, uh, he was, he established analytical psychology. Wow. Um, (laughs) And he advanced the idea of introvert and extrovert personalities and the power of the unconscious. So, um, so what the Myers-Briggs, they wanted this to be useful in just everybody everyday people's lives and so they created this test that you would take to find what your um, type indicator your personality inventory was and the creator of the Myers-Briggs test says it's up to each person to recognize his or her true preferences and I totally agree with that so we find out what our own is um, and then you can find out again how you work with people Okay, so I've taken this test um, a couple different times, and mine has never changed. I am an INFP. Same Z. Are you serious? Yeah. No wonder we love each other so very much. (laughs) I know this isn't a very interesting episode because we're all all, all oh yeah, me too. We're the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's why we just get. I just get you. Um, Okay, so. Do you have the thing pulled up? Because I believe it's like... Oh, man. I just closed it. Oh, okay. So there's different ways that, again, this is a... It's a more in-depth test. I don't know how many questions are on this one, but it reminded me of like the Enneagram test, which we'll talk about in a minute, because it's... It it goes pretty... um, I don't know. You really have to think. You really have to think. And you have to be honest with yourself, not like what you would like 
your answer to be um, or what you want to be one day, but what you are right now or what your natural inclination is. And um, so I think they go everywhere from there's 16 different types. And so it breaks it down. I think each of the four INFP, there's two options. Is that correct? So I think the first one is like um, introvert or extrovert, right? So you're either an I or an E for the first one. The second one is either, I think, intuition, right? Yep. Or and sensing. And sensing. So you're either an N or an S. Then the other one I think is thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. Thinking versus feeling. So you're either a T or a an F. And then the last one is perceiving versus judging. Judging. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So um, if you break it down, I think then I am an introvert, an in- intuitive, feeling, and perceiving. I mean, I'm sorry, Kayla. We are. We are. We are. So the one really kind of cool experience that I had with this test was probably about maybe three to four years, maybe five years into my mom and I starting our company together. And um, we were just kind of really butting heads and we had people that were coming in. We were just starting to hire people. And of course, there's all sorts of different personalities that are coming in. And we were just not flowing well. Um, and we're also, you know, a creative business. And so we're trying to figure out, we we're just driving each other crazy. I think all of us. <laughs> and we didn't really have a good understanding of how the other person or other people in the office worked. And so each one of us thought our way was the right way. And so there is an actual... Um, I guess, a, an application for how this, how this Myers-Briggs and how your, your personality types or your, um, yeah, your types work together. So it would be like, since like Kayla, pretend we weren't the same thing, mm-hmm, it would mm-hmm. be like, so say you and I worked together and we would take the test as, and we did as a company. And then we were able to see like, Hey, you and I, well, let's just say what we are like, being the same, we probably will work very closely together. And we don't really need to have a whole lot of, you know, talking about like, here's how we're going to handle these issues. Or there may be other issues because we um, are too much the same. Like, hey, we might need to be a little more disciplined because both of us are going to be like, we should probably just go off on this creative. uh." (laughs) I mean, this would never never do that. that. I'm just hypothetical. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but we, got to that point, which was really cool to be able to say, some of us that were really kind of butting heads, it was like, I can see why, because I will naturally, you know, approach a a project this way. Some of us were really great starters and others great finishers. And so it was such a cool way for us to see how we could identify just what we're saying, identifying our, what, how we are and what our personality type is, but also those are coworkers and then how we can work together and respect the other person, which was pretty cool. So have you just yeah. basically taken yours on your own? The, the INFP, the Myers-Briggs uh-huh. one? I think I just kind of looked at all the, the, I don't know if I took a quiz or anything, gotcha. I, at least not recently. I don't, I didn't find it, but um, yeah, no, I just kind of looked at all the descriptions and like mm-hmm. what each personality type and each letter kind of meant mm-hmm. and it was there was no like oh yeah I'm not sure um once I read about each each um personality type yeah. there was no question that I was like an INFP yeah 
Okay. So, um, so you didn't do it for work or anything like that. You just kind of did it out of your own personal curiosity. Yeah. Cause I think I heard you talking about it. <laughs> Cause we're the same. Because we're the same. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think I've used uh, this one specifically for gotcha. Um, for any work or school. Well, I, I highly suggest um, taking a look at it for yourself, like Kayla and I have done. But also, <laughs> it, it's a good recommendation. You know, there may be more um, out there now, but it's a really good recommendation for small organizations, large organizations that may want to, if you're ever finding like, hey, we're just not on the same page, um, this is another tool to help you learn yourself and to learn others and how you can relate to each other. Okay. Now, this next one is something that I think we've just kind of <laughs> dipped our toe into. We've touched on it briefly in another episode, I think, but um, the Enneagram. I am not... I don't know a whole lot about this except for just taking the test, the actual real test, and um, and then just a little dabbling on Instagram. And to be honest with you, it's when they make the really cute um, graphics for my type. For each type, <laughs> yes. Um, well, there's a it's it's kind of complicated. Like there's a lot to it. Um, we know it at its very basic level. Like we know our types and what that means. Um, and, and even a little bit further of like maybe how you might relate to an, uh, another person that is mm -hmm. a different type. Um, but there's things like wings and I don't know about the wings. Yeah, I don't either. Like, it's like, you can also be the, so we don't know, we're not experts on this. We know what we are. Um, <laughs> but, and we're not yeah, the same. It, this one, we no, are we're, not the same. We're very, we are very different mm -hmm. and they, but they make sense for each one of us. Yes. Um, but I remember for, I mean, we heard about this years ago without knowing what it was. We were at a conference and someone came up to you and, and was like, um, oh my gosh, you're such a this number. Right. And we were like, what? <laughs> well, she just called you a number. Like, what does that mean? And then we were like, and then so she kind of explained it a little bit and we kind of went, walked away going, oh, okay. Yeah, and then we kind of were like, yeah, you're such a, you're such a this number. Yeah. And then. Um, I'd never heard of it. Never heard of it. And then years later. We, I mean, I'm sure it was popular mm -hmm. without us knowing about we it. We just weren't cool enough to know yet. <laughs> you know, but then I think it also has gotten pretty popular. Mm -hmm. I agree. In the last few years. Um, so then, of course, we were like, all right, now, now's the time to take the test. <laughs> um, what are we? And we, I, I think, well, I don't remember. I think, okay, so going back to that time, I don't remember what number um, she said that I was like, oh my gosh, you're such a. I think she I was think like she said a two. two. Me too. She's like, you're such a two, and I'm like, oh my god, do you like that? You're such a two. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, you would say that a you're two. a two, and I'm like, what are you talking about? So I kind of went back, and I was like, you know, when I took the test later, and I'm like, I wonder why she would think I was a two because I'm totally not. I mean, it's not. I don't remember what a two is, but you know, I also the helper. That's not me. I'm just. I'm just gonna say, is that what it is? The helper. It is the helper. Little sneak peek into what they are, but um, you have. It was, wasn't that like the second highest one on What's your thing? What's four? Do you remember what four is? Because I think I might, I only know my. The individualist. Which. Yeah. What are the, what are the traits? So, okay. So Kayla. We'll, we'll get there. Do you have the, um, do you have those in front of you just to like give a rundown? There's nine. And I don't know. Are they called types? Yes, they okay. are. They are types. So we have. Right, like, cause they have kind of like. A descriptor, like, is if this was a person, it would be like the helper. Um, 
So yes. Okay. So number one is the reformer, the rational idealist, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Number two is the helper, the caring interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Oh, that does sound like me too. I was going to say, I think you, I think that wasn't your number one, but I think that okay. was your number two. You might know me better than I know myself. Yeah, I know. Um, number three is the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. Um, number four is the individualist, which is the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Um, number five is the investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, uh, secretive, and isolated. Number six, the loyalist, the committed security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Number seven, the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving. <laughs> <laughs> You're not number seven. I know. I just was, it's enthusiast. <laughs> Get it? I get it. Okay. I'm not a seven. I'm like, you're not a seven. No. Actually, I'm surprised you're not. Um, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, mm -hmm. distractible, well, and scattered. Well, I'm surprised that's not me either. Huh. Um, spontaneous is what probably threw it. They just said, no, that girl cannot be a seven. <laughs> there she's like, she's everything else, but just not spontaneous. Mm -hmm. um, number eight. Dun -da -da -da, the... <laughs> the the powerful dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. What are they called? The challenger. The challenger. Oops, I didn't say that. Sorry. Number eight, the challenger. Um, number nine, the peacemaker. Um, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. And that are those are the types. All right. So um, I am a nine. I'm the peacemaker. Um, totally. When you read, because yeah. if you can, you can go onto the Enneagram website and they go even in more depth than, um, than Kayla listed. And it will start to, you'll basically you're going like, oh my God, I feel like I'm reading about myself. Like, well, they give the good and like, the yeah, good and the bad of each thing. So sometimes, uh, or with, you know, each type, You'll have the positive things that your personality type, those the good things that come with that, but also the the disadvantages that you might face. And I think it's don't they show you too like, you know, this is where you can grow, this is how you can challenge yourself. Yeah. This is when you're facing um difficulties or challenges, you know, and you're what do they call it? Like um basically when you're not going down the right path, you this is where you stumble. And so it really helps you, I think, to be alerted to like some of the things that are like, oh gosh, I really need to watch that. And they have the at their best and at their yes. worst description. Because if you're so really being honest with yourself, like, and you should, by the way, because if you can't be honest with yourself, who is going to be, you know, like, don't you want to know? Yeah. And you know what you are at your and, worst. And this is a quiz because this is a, this test, there is an official test that you can go take. You do have to pay what, like $12 or $15 mm -hmm. um, to take it. Um, but you get so much information um, from it. I think it's highly worth it yeah. if you're in a spot where you can do that. $12 is um, like what? Two Starbucks trips? Yeah. Don't go to Starbucks twice. Um, <laughs> and then you'll be fine. <laughs> then you'll be good. Hold off on that um, cold. Hold off on your, um, what is it? I, don't, I haven't had it in so long. I don't even remember what it's called. 
cold PSL? brew. No. Oh, cold. your cold cream, cold brew? Sweet cream, cold brew? Sweet cream. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what talking is anymore. No. Um, Good thing we have but, a podcast. Yeah. Who, whose idea was this? <laughs> um, but this test, um, it is a lengthy test. It says you could, it t- could take up to 45 minutes, but it, and it can. It took Kevin um, up to 45 minutes because he well, thought about Kevin it. Kevin will read each question and like to a T and decide, and he'll ask multiple questions based on that question. Um, I was reading <laughs> it to him true. on the way to Mammoth and I'm like, he was like, well, I need either one of those things. And I'm like, okay, well, you got to pick one. You got to pick one. Which one is more, you are more likely to. It's, they're, and it, they're hard. Some of them are hard. Tough. And, and they are the one, the questions where it's like this or this and which one are you? And if you're not, which one are you more likely to side with? I had a hard time with um, that one. <laughs> yeah. And the questions, some of them, you have to be so honest if you want Ugh. honest results, because um, some of them kind of point out the, you know, the downfalls you mm-hmm. might have. Um, but in order to like grow, you're going to need to be honest. Yeah. So, um, so just a heads up if you're going to take this, which we think you should. Yeah, there was a couple um, that I was like, oh, that's an, I don't really like that about myself, but you know, okay, but I'm doing this because I want to find out more. And, and really, if you're going to lie on the test, why are you doing it in the first place? You, you should it? just go yeah. to Starbucks twice because <laughs> don't waste your $12 because you want to find out really what this is, because I think there's also places and um, that you can go to say, oh, how does a two and a seven get along in a relationship? Mm-hmm. You know? I've got that for you and me. <gasps> you do? Oh, we can talk about that. We can talk about that in a second. Yeah. Oh, because I, this one, we are really different. I mean, think about it. This, if just look at how the first couple of things we were talking about, were like, same, same. We love that the same. Kayla is the challenger and I'm the peacemaker. Could you, you want to know what's more opposite? You want to know what's funny is that I do want to know what's funny. What is so funny? Um, my number two is number two, and that could not sound more opposite. The helper, the helper. I know, but I can I see think that in some ways it makes sense. Yes. Like in when it comes to family, yes. like I I could see that. Um, but it's just funny. My number one and number two are just so <laughs> polar opposites of each other. That might give you some insight to yourself on if there's ever any internal struggles mm. between wanting to please others and help them and wanting to challenge and to them. Fight others. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Because I mean, honestly, the challenger, this was my child in junior high that basically yeah. told our principal that he, when he said, what did he say to you? He said oh, like, shoot, you're not making it easy on oh us yeah you're not making you're not making anything easier um or yeah something it's like you're not making okay. it easy for us or you're not something like that or, and she goes you're not making it easy on me and I'm like okay you are what 13 12 or 13 years old and I'm like slow slow your roll there slow your roll I was and I still stand by I'm still right in the situation as far as like who was wrong oh, and who was right yeah I, I should not have talked to an elder <laughs> Um, or a, my school principal that way, but I you still think? stand by it. I was right. But still, um, you're challenging. Even at that point, I would have never, even if I was in the situation yeah. saying like, this isn't fair or something, I would have made the peace, felt, figured out how to deal with it. I would not have challenged. Um, so think about it too, as a way, if you look at um, like your kids, like if I would have known back then, 
you know, I probably would have known how to deal with this little feisty, sassy thing, um, you know, a little bit easier mm -hmm. to like understand the more we understand people's personality types and their natural inclinations, um, we can figure out number one, how they operate and then how we do it together. So I'm dying. I want to know. I okay. want to know ours together. Okay. Um, but before we do that, I feel like we should read a little bit like about okay. our things. Just like, yeah. Okay. Like, um, what's kind of cool too, is that, um, when you get your results, it'll tell you the popular people, um, that are the same type as you, uh -huh. um, like different examples of like historians or, um, or presidents or, uh, just different influential people, celebrities, actors, singers, whoever that are the same type uh -huh. as you. Um, some of them I really don't like, and I'm not um, proud to be in the same category. And then some of them. I oh my am. gosh, I think I remember when you started to, <laughs> to read your at first I'm going, oh my gosh, I want to change. Um, I want to change. Because they're really okay. One. Before you say that too, um, in all of these personality types, there is no good or bad or right or wrong. Like one person, it's not like you evolve to the you know a better right. one because in each one of them, there's strengths and weaknesses. And it depends on how you, what are you leaning into? Are the ones where it's like at your worst, are you going just down that path? Or are you able to really take the challenges probably also very strong? Or mm -hmm. like some of these other people, I think you're about to mention going well, down the other path. I won't list all of them. But some of the ones that I'm like not stoked on, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, are um, Fidel Castro, <laughs> Um, Donald Trump. No. Yeah. Yes. You and yeah. the oh, you and the Don. No, never say me and him because we're never going to be in the same category, um, other than our type. Kayla Castro Trump. <laughs> um, I guess those are the two really. Oh, just kidding. Saddam Hussein. Um, so Serious? some not so good ones, but then also like Winston Churchill, okay. um, FDR uh, leaders. Leaders, uh, Hemingway, Picasso, um, Queen Latifah, the Queen, uh, Jack Black, <laughs> Frank Sinatra, John Wayne. Like, there's some good ones in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, most of them are good. I just had some really bad ones in there that <laughs> I wasn't really stoked on. But you know, oh, I didn't look mine up. Um, I don't have yours. Okay, that's okay. Me, They're probably all anyway. just brilliant, amazing. Peaceful. They probably peaceful are people. Peaceful people. You probably have like Mother Teresa. On okay, there wait, you're and... gonna do that. I'm gonna see. I know I'm not. I'm hopefully not gonna mess this up because I'm not supposed to use my internet while I'm doing this. But hold on. Okay, so why don't you talk about? I'll tell. I'll. I'll just give like a brief overview of Type Eight, which is the challenger. This is my number one. Um, which I think for me, <laughs> the fact that I'm a Leo <laughs> and the challenger. <laughs> It doesn't sound good right off the bat, but, you know, that's all right. Um, but generally, eights are strong, assertive, resourceful, independent, determined, action-oriented, pragmatic, competitive, straight-talking, shrewd, and insistent. Um, eights get into conflicts by being blunt, willful, domineering, forceful, defiant, confrontational. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Um, bad temper. <laughs> just clearing your throat. Mm -hmm. um, bad temp, bad tempered, rageful, cynical, and vengeful. But at their best, at their best, at their best, 
eights are honorable, heroic, empowering, generous, gentle, constructive, initiating, decisive, no, <laughs> um, and inspiring. Um, so there's some good, some good with the bad, some good with the like with anything, right? Um, a good balance and things that I need to, you know, that I can be aware of and and hopefully, you know, in those moments can kind of go, oh wait, I'm being, you know, yeah, confrontational, right, right. And <laughs> Maybe recognize it and acknowledge and kind of go, oh, switch. When you can take all of the judgment out of all of those things and even just say, this is me at my best. This is me, you know, where I need to like work on you kind of, it's almost like that, again, where we just are noticing, right? You're noticing and saying like, oh, wow, that's right. Okay, shift. Um, okay, wait. These are my Enneagram type nine famous examples of nines. Abraham Lincoln, Joseph Campbell, Carl Jung. Oh. This is right there. Ronald Reagan, Gerald Ford, Queen Elizabeth II, Princess Grace, Walt Disney, really good. Sophia Loren. Kevin Costner, Eric Clapton, Norman Rockwell, Marge Simpson, Edith Bunker from their fictional. Did you characters. read all of them? I didn't read Garrison. Where are the bad ones? I don't know who this person is. Okay. Walter Cronkite. Nobody bad. Gina Davis, out. Woody Harrelson. No. Those are all good. I just, what can I say? Okay, wait, let's. <laughs> what can I say? I'm all jealous. <laughs> You're like, where, where are the bad where are your bad ones? Okay, wait. Um,. I'll see, maybe I can find somebody bad. Um, one mm. other cool thing that you'll get with nope, your results. Nope, not a one. Is... Just kidding. Oh my gosh, really? Um. Anyway, while you're looking that okay. up, um, <laughs> another cool thing that you'll get um with your results is there are different levels of development. Oh no, she's laughing. The Dalai Lama. <laughs> Dang it! Like, okay, I'm happy for you. Okay. That you're good. <laughs> Gandhi. <laughs> See, I knew peaceful people. <laughs> All right, I'll stop it. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so there's different levels of development. So you can have like they have on here. I don't know if it's like this with each one, um, but there's like your healthy levels, your average levels and your unhealthy levels. And there's like from one to nine and they kind of one starts at their best and then they kind of get decreasingly like more unhealthy as you go mm -hmm. down the list. So you can kind of see where you fall on those levels and then see which way you want to go, that's which is really usually cool. Up, but <laughs> that's really cool. I think because, okay, since we didn't, since I said there's all sorts of amazing people that are nines. So at my best, um, level one at the best, become self-possessed, feeling autonomous and fulfilled, have great equanimity and contentment because they are present to themselves paradoxically at one with the self and thus able to form more profound relationships intensely alive fully connected to self and others sounds bomb right wow okay really so here's really level good. nine so they <laughs> okay. become severely they finally become severely disoriented and catatonic abandoning <laughs> themselves turning into shattered shells multiple personalities are possible um, and generally corresponds to the schizoid and dependent personality disorders so well mine says sociopathic 
um, tendencies. So we and would my be a pair. Nine, so. We would be quite a pair. What a great So duo. at least, you know, I think that too, like you said, I'm also a Pisces, which is really different from your zodiac sign, which is a Leo. Um, and I know one of the things that it says is basically I can live in denial. Um, I just, you know, and can be kind of slippery and like, I don't really like to commit to anything because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I can live in an imaginary world to the point of just delusion, um, which, you know, at times in my life, I can say that that's probably, probably, probably pretty true. Um, so yeah, I would highly, I love, okay, wait, you just let me, you've built this up. I almost forgot I have about it. Right it. Here. I know what you're going to say. Okay. I was going to say it if you were. Okay. Um, so to close out the Enneagram, um, we'll just talk about how there's what's cool on the website too is that you can take your personality type and pair it with any other type and it will break down um, how you and that other type will interact and some of the um, so some of what each type will bring to the relationship and potential potential um, trouble spots. That is cool. Um, I haven't tried that one yet, which is cool. So. I was scanning over the website and I came across that and I thought it would fit quite well for this episode if I did you and me. Perfection. Um, so the type eight and type nine, which is the challenger and the peacemaker, um, what each type brings to the relationship. Enneagram eights bring leadership qualities, a take charge, we can do it mentality, um, which others usually look up to and rely on. Um, they are full of self-confidence and vitality like um, Castro. Like a... oh, sorry. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. I'm not I'm, Fidel Castro. I'm totally kidding. Oh my gosh. Dun, dun. I I can't think of a good one though. Right <laughs> I am Winston Churchill. Okay. Thank you. I'm kidding. You are. Um, on you the are. other hand, on the other hand, nines bring a sense of calm and stability that eight finds soothing. Um, and necessary for their well-being. They also bring to the eights a feeling of quiet pride um, in the eights bravado and more assertive qualities, encouraging eights to continue in their take charge style. One of the main problem areas for people with this combination is that as they deteriorate, their defenses go in opposite directions. Eights tend to push harder while nines tend to increasingly shut down. True. Nines, yeah. Nines can become unresponsive or worse, energetically pushing away the eights as a defense. Eights become more aggressive and belligerent, (laughs) (laughs) demanding that their energy be met. Nines respond by not responding. They go, (laughs) they go on an emotional strike. Mm -hmm. You know what? (laughs) You know what? Mm -mm. Nope. I'm not even going to say it. Mm -mm. (laughs) And may begin to reactivate Mm. passive aggressive um, and sabotaging the eights activities in various ways Guilty. this causes the eights to escalate um berating and threatening the nine or else to encourage <laughs> eights to react passive aggressively oh it passive aggression you're gonna try to the- bring the passive aggressiveness out of me when i just want to be aggressive <laughs> and then just say wow you don't need to be so passive aggressive it says eventually eights tend to lose their interest in nines what feeling that they are <laughs> how much time do we have their- <laughs> they obstruct their plans <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm just gosh nines are, and then whenever eights want to do something exciting nines respond with why bother or it's equivalent <laughs> i don't think actually we're a little 
opposite. Of, well, that's not true. There's a lot of times I mean, you want to do things and I don't want to do them. shut down. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, there's more to it, but I just that's, read a little bit from Okay, it, but that's but... interesting to see. Like, well, first of all, I'm concerned about how much time we have um, left before you're done with me. <laughs> don't before I just talk you, you know to the what? side listen lady you have I've really grown you you have really put a hitch in my giddy up and I am done oh my gosh that's funny <laughs> you know what's so funny is just even looking into the different things that we did for this episode it kind of is how I dive into things it's like I dive just enough deep enough till I find out a little bit about something else. And then I jump over and go, Ooh, Enneagram. Then I'd be like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, remember Myers-Briggs and then like totally distractible. And then, Oh gosh, you know what else we should look into is love languages. Oh, oh, let's take that test. How about, you know, on and on. So I just do enough to like, to get myself knowledgeable enough where I can talk about it, but I'm not really an expert. So, yeah, I think that's you know, great. We all can't be experts at everything. So I think I'd rather just be like, I love to just learn. Like, I really have found very few things that I want to just go super deep dive into. Okay. All right. So why don't we take a quick break? Because I know we are um, running long on this episode, but let's take a break. And when we come back, let's just talk really quickly about multiple intelligences and your experience um, with them in one of your jobs. Okay, okay, sounds good. We'll be right back. This episode of Plan a Happy Life is presented by Michaels. Make creativity happen. Okay, welcome back. So Kayla, when you yes. were working at Paul Mitchell, um, the mm -hmm. school, and you were working in the education department for skin, right? And yep. you went through some training and learned about multiple intelligences. And I know you came home um, and told me about them. Of course, I don't remember all of it, but I, I thought it was really interesting. And I think that might be a fun way to close out this episode and um, see how it kind of can relate to getting to know yourself and other people. Yeah, no, I, my first experience with multiple intelligences is not, I mean, yes, from Paul Mitchell, but I started when I was actually a student, um, which was really oh, cool yeah. because the way they incorporate this, they incorporate it into their teaching, but I'll, I'll actually, I'll get into that in a second, but multiple intelligences was a theory based off of a book from Howard Gardner back in the seventies, maybe early eighties. And it was a theory that people have multiple ways of processing information as far as how they take information, break it down and use it. Not everybody learns in the same way and processes information in the same way. Yeah. So, and they're kind of, their stance, um, from what I've read a little bit, they kind of compared it to like a traditional learning environment where intelligence was, you know, calculated or based off of like an IQ test or standardized tests. And not everybody now that we've kind of learned about it, it takes tests the same way. And it's not a great way to say like, Stephanie's smarter than Kayla because she did well on this IQ test. So what multiple intelligence is, they have seven different intelligences and it's how we process information and then also how we access that information that we've just kind of learned. The seven types are intrapersonal, um, so self-smart, verbal and linguistic, which is word smart, math and logic, which is number smart, spatial with pictures and visual things, body kinesthetic, 
So kind of doing things physically in order to learn them. Musical, rhythm smart, and intrapersonal. I guess I should have started there. Intrapersonal, um, people smart. So there was a good quote when I learned it at Paul Mitchell. It's not how smart you are, but how you are smart. Oh, wait, say it again. Not how smart you are, but how you are smart. That is like... I I wish like every parent knew that from the time that their kids were going to school, because I think that growing up, Tyler, my firstborn, um, he was quote unquote smart in the traditional Mm -hmm. ways that people recognize IQ. Right. So he went through school and the way schools, traditional schools are built to serve students. And you, I don't think were the traditional smart. and but I didn't know anything about that. Schools didn't know anything about that. And it it really is such a disservice to so many kids um, and adults, but to so many kids going through life thinking that they're not as smart as so-and-so. And so um, there's a quote by Albert Einstein that says, everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. And that's yeah. exactly just what you said. Um, yeah. And what's cool about this is that they're within the seven personality or intelligences, I should say, um, they're all swinging doors. So you might be really strong in one area and not as strong in another, but it's a swinging door, meaning that you can always grow in that area. So they can change. You can become or you can k- kind of grow in that in that area. It might not be your strongest, but one day if you put enough effort into it or work into it, um, it can become stronger. Now, for me, growing up in normal traditional schools, with a lot of other external factors, I did not do well. Um, some of it being effort and um, <laughs> what I put into it. Some of it being, you know, family things. And then others being, you know, how I learned. So I struggled with that all through high school, all, you know, my whole school career through high school. And then I went to, eventually ended up going to Paul Mitchell, the school, um, for their skincare program. And I remember being in school and just kind of going like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. One, yes, it was, an, it was a subject that I really enjoyed and I found interesting and I liked learning about. But when I first started, we had to take this personality test um and I'm going like oh gosh here's here's another like what category are you um but what was cool about Paul Mitchell in the way that they use this information which I think all schools should do in some way with and and maybe some are I'm sure there are a lot that are kind of taking that in now what was really cool about Paul Mitchell and how they implemented it was in every lesson, and I started to learn more in depth when I started teaching because I had to really, you know, be aware of what I was hitting. But they incorporate within each lesson plan every single personality wow. type. So every single lesson plan that they teach, you have to, in some way, make sure that each type will have a way of accessing that information in a way that they can digest, which I thought, I'm like, I've never, ever heard of anything like that, any school doing that. So not only did that really help me when I was going to school and I found something like, oh my gosh, I learned that I enjoyed learning. Well, you're really then getting the information 
to be absorbed by each student in the classroom, or at least given the best opportunity possible instead yeah. of, you know, listen, Sonny, this is the way we teach it and you better learn, which is fine, but, you know, you're going to get through school, but it, will you really retain and absorb the information that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you're wanting to give the student? But teachers today are, they have a lot on their plates. I understand that. Mm-hmm. And it's really more, it would be has such a huge reform. But as a parent, be your child's advocate. Learn about these multiple intelligences so that you can help your child learn in the way that they learn um, and process that information because, um, you know, it's, I think it's, it's really like, it's hard to look back and see like as a parent knowing that, oh my gosh, think of all, you know, you could have experienced and learned had I known and have the, had that resource been available to me or had I known about it to help you out. Um, So I would just, highly suggest trying to figure out, you know, look it up. I don't, like I said, we don't know um, everything about this, but I think knowing what Kayla's experience was with it as a student and as a teacher, I think um, it's worth looking into for your child. So I think that even just these little dives that we've been doing in these topics today on personalities, love languages, multiple intelligences. So it's how you love, how you learn, how you express and experience your emotions um, and what kind of, you know, how your personality is works in your own life and with others, um, learning that about yourself. But then what we really want to encourage you to do is to also look at the people in your lives that are special to you that you love to see how um, learning about them, because again, it's not all about us, but that learning about them, how you can be a better, you know, wife, husband, mother, sister, friend, whatever, parent, um, by just learning about each other a little deeper. Um I think you'll find some really interesting things and um, gosh, we hope that you do. If you do, um, I don't know how you would visually represent that, but if you are, which intelligence would be the one that would be able to show it on Instagram or the- probably spatial, like visual, yeah. show it. If you show it um, and you want to do that, maybe journal it or something and you want to be sure to tag us. We would love to see how you are um, diving into this topic a little bit. And if you don't share it, that's fine. Just get out there. And learn about yourself and learn about others and really cultivate those deep and meaningful relationships. Okay, so until next week, take care and bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Plan a Happy Life. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends, family, or anyone on their own happiness journey. We'll see you next week.